There's a time and a place for black and white, like when you're learning to play piano, or when you want a big two-toned cookie, or when shopping for a pet zebra. But if you want to attract customers, there's no room for black and white, so go to Staples. Staples specializes in bold, hard-to-miss color printing. And now at Staples, get 20% back in rewards on color printing, from banners to brochures and copies to presentations. Print more color, save more money at Staples. In-store only. Ends 11 10, 18. Restrictions apply. See store associate or staples.com slash 20 back for details. Oh, while you're on here, I want to send Julio a gift basket for helping us out. Where would I send it to? Oh, oh and I will bubble wrap it just in case he drops it so you don't oh, have to. Oh, how funny. <laughs> <laughs> well, she didn't call you a bastard. She didn't call me a bastard. Okay. I tried, I tried really hard to keep it together. Okay. <laughs> Hello, welcome to the John. What was your cat's name again? You never said. I really like <laughs> it's Toby. Toby, that's a cool name for a cat. It's like the most. I'm pretty sure it's like the most common name for a pet. In like yeah, my the my cat is Fiona. See, that's that's kind of unique. My cat's yeah. name is Figaro. Anyway, so welcome to the Fourth and Short <laughs> podcast. This is a. Uh, Brian Beversluice. I'm joined here by Brad Smith and John, who just want to talk about their cats all night. How you guys doing? <laughs> doing well, this, great. Is, this is a Panthers podcast, and a Panther oh. is a cat, so it's topical. It's a great point. He doesn't. Uh, it, so, it, is, it is a great point. So we are also joined by Gina, a Falcons writer for the Falcoholic of mine. How are you doing tonight, Gina? Well, I would be doing better if my team didn't suck, but otherwise, I'm doing fine. Sick brag that you have a friend, Brian. Yeah. <laughs> I heard him rub that in. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, guys. I have a friend. She talks to me. All right. So this has been a great podcast. Let's sign off here. <laughs> um, Host the show, oh, Brian. Jesus. Do your job. I'm tr- I'm trying so hard, but you guys are making it so hard for me to we got to make you earn that paycheck. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, anyway, obviously the Panthers and Falcons played this past weekend, and it was a really ugly game. 20-17 um, Panthers, though, I don't know if either team really deserved to win that game towards the end. So, uh, I'll start with uh, John. John, what are your thoughts on that game? Um... I don't know, it was just like a typical Panthers win this year where we won, and I'm super neutral feeling about it. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it. Is that is that your take too, Brad? <laughs> pretty much. I mean, I, I the um, this morning in our recap column that we eked out a win. Like, we, we did just enough to not lose, and that's pretty much – I'm not really excited about it at all. I mean – yeah, we beat the Falcons, but it was more like they didn't beat us than it was that we beat them. 
That's fair. That's fair. Gina, what are your thoughts on this game? I'm sure you have plenty to say. <clears throat> um, I feel probably less new about it than the guys do. Um, you know, I just feel like this team is such a far cry from, and I think that you all understand how this feels oh, we do. after last we do. season. Uh, this team is a far cry from the team that went to the Super Bowl last year. I don't really know what's happened. I think that they're in their own heads. I think that, you know, play calling is an issue. I felt like it was a little better yesterday, but then just some also some really questionable calls like, why are you not targeting Tevin Coleman more? Why are you not trying to get him the ball in space? You know, and then you also have on top of that just mental mistakes and like Julio with that drop just makes me want to literally die. I mean, it just was, you know, a comedy of errors. And that's what so many of the Falcons games this year, I would say every game except for probably the Green Bay game, um, you know, where even their wins, you know, you see these mental mistakes, you see the penalty drops. Um the Falcons are third in the league right now for drops, which is not very good uh, if you're keeping them. And so, yeah, I just feel like this team just has kind of lost its way. I think that they don't really know what their identity is anymore. They don't know how to get back to form. And, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be a long-ass season is what I think. You know, that sounds strangely like the Panthers in almost every way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um they came out and they made less mistakes than the Falcons, I guess, is the best way to put it. Um, yeah. They forced some turnovers they, they needed to. And all season, the narrative for the Panthers, and I guess the Falcons, too, has just been, like, play, big play here or there. One or two, three big plays have changed the game. And mm-hmm. in this game, both the teams were struggling with that. And apparently the one team, one of the teams made the bigger plays when it mattered, but... It, the NFC South is a funny thing right now. I mean, like, I oh, was on... hot-ass mess is what it is. Yeah, I mean, like, I talked to you guys in the Falcoholic about the NFC South, and our predictions were, like, Falcons at the top, Panthers pretty close to there, Buccaneers pretty close to there, Saints being at the very bottom. Mm-hmm. Yet here we are with the Saints, like, essentially in the driver's seat. The Panthers are only half a game back, but the Saints are winning in much a, a much more convincing fashion. And right. The Panthers, who were struggling on their own, defeated another struggling defense, and here we are, Saints number one. Apparently, they're not trash, Gina. Well, and we talked about this before we started recording, but I think that it bears repeating. You know, what could be worse for me personally than the fact that the Falcons are bad and are good? Because the reality is, I'm pretty, you know neutral about the Bucks because I just don't care. Like, they're just not even a factor in my... They have no impact on my life whatsoever. And as long as they have Dirk Cutter and Mike Smith on the coaching staff, this is their fate. I know because I have lived that story. I've seen that movie. I know how it ends. And so the Bucks are a non-factor to me. And I have too many friends who are Panthers fans for me to be too mad at the Panthers. Plus, oh, you guys had Teddy Ginn for a while. Some of my favorite Buckeyes, Kurt Coleman's on the roster. Like, I have a hard time rooting against those guys. And I love Luke Keekley. Like, you guys have some players that I like. Obviously, Daniel, um, I really like Christian McCaffrey. I low-key like Cam most of the time when he's not making sexist comments to female reporters. Um, and so, you know, yeah, I mean, I have a hard time really hating the Panthers. I don't like y'all. Like, don't get me don't get me wrong, but I don't hate y'all. I do hate the Saints. I actively hate them. I hate that team. They're just terrible. There's no team in this world that I hate more than the Saints, except for Michigan. 
and it's only slightly more than the Saints. Like, I despise the Saints. You, and, just, um, you just described exactly. Bad... I'm sorry. I, I thought you were done. Go ahead. <laughs> no, no, no. That, that's no, my fault. You cut out. No, you cut out, so I missed what you said. Oh, I, I was just going to say, you, you, you said exactly how I feel about Atlanta and New Orleans. Like, just switch Carolina and Atlanta, and that's how I feel. Yeah, I, you know, I, mean, I don't hate you guys. Everybody hates the team I hate more than the Saints or the Cowboys. And if they were owned by any other human being on the face of the earth, I would probably hate them less than I do. But... Um, you know, I, I think we all hate New Orleans because they're terrible and they don't deserve to be liked. But, right. you know, um, I, I would have if the Panthers can't win it out, I would much rather Atlanta win it or Tampa, you know, <laughs> Tampa. Let's, let's yeah, I mean, let's, let's be honest. Tampa's not winning it, but I'd rather have the Panthers win it than the Saints. The Saints, Saints fans are insufferable. They're just completely insufferable. They're terrible, aren't they? My they God, make terrible. they make the most unfunny twenty eight to three jokes. That's the thing. Like, make your jokes if you're going to make jokes, but make them funny. Don't make derivative jokes. Don't tell me the same joke that I've been hearing every day at the end of Super Bowl fifty one. Come up with something new. My my lonely jokes are funnier than yours, and that's a problem, Saints fans. Okay. And so, yeah, I don't want them to have anything good. I don't want them to experience any success. And instead, what I have to do is suffer through my team being terrible and seeing their team flourish. <laughs> and I hate everything about it. It's, it's as upset just the Falcons being bad, honestly. Yeah, and it well, seems like say, it came out of nowhere, too. Like, they yeah. they were supposed to be crap this year, and they're not. And that's the frustrating thing. Well, it's the oh, thing. They, they started were. crap, too, and then, and then they beat us. And we're like, well, that's our season's over. We lost to a, a bad team, and then they've they've never even looked back since. No, I mean their defense is all of a sudden not trash for the first time in as long as I can remember. Like for the first time since two thousand nine, I think the defense is not trash. I well, never this, understand how that stuff happens. <sighs> like, I will say, for those of you who who hate Saints, um, there is a reason to enjoy them. And uh, it's this product called Advocare. <laughs> I just signed up, and you guys totally should too. Drew Brees endorses it. I I forward to seeing all of those Advocare posts on your Facebook. Oh, I'm gonna have plenty of them. Don't you worry. I'll send you direct messages with them too. And Brad and John. Get yeah, you go Advocare. right ahead and do that, buddy. See where that gets you. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yeah, it's like the upside-down NFC South right now. It doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't. The only thing that makes sense is the Tampa Bay is at the bottom. Like, that's that's, that's it. That's true. Like, everything that's else is bizarre. Right. World. It is. Tampa Bay but, is right where they belong. But they have Mike Evans, and they have Deshaun Jackson. They have O.J. Howard, and they have Doug but they, they, they but, also but they have, have Jameis Winston, Winston and, and one of his one of his crab legs is broken, so he can't he can't throw it to Mike Evans <laughs> and Deshaun Jackson. He all they also have a genuinely trash defense. I mean, the defensive coordinator said repeatedly when he was Atlanta's head coach, sacks don't matter. My guy, sacks kind of they kind of matter a he little said that? bit. Yes. Wait, repeatedly. he really did say that? Like you're not just yes. Wow. 
You know why he said it? Because his D couldn't get. So you know I was going to say you only say that when you can't get them. Like that's yeah. saying, well, that's like a homeless guy saying money doesn't mean anything. Like, you know. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. So that they have like two this season, I think. That explains it. Yeah. The Buccaneers as a whole. Mm-hmm. They're Not good. both against. Not Kane. great. <laughs> <laughs> no, he didn't. He left in that game, did he? Yo, know, he actually didn't. Yesterday was the first time he's been sacked in like two or three weeks. I read. It's weird that it's like, I don't know, our offensive line comes and goes. Tampa Bay is is last in the league in sacks by a hefty four. That's because they don't bat. Yeah, they're not even trying to get sacks. Who needs sacks? Sacks yeah, we'll don't just, matter. Yeah, we'll just, we'll just stop you from moving the ball even so well. Prior to what John said, that conversation out of context would have been interesting. Um, <laughs> so, I guess looking for, well, you know what? Let's no. Wait, can we can we do a thing like we always do the Monday morning optimist, and but Brad gets to hog it and do all the writing, and we pick our. I'm pretty one sure thing Walker's optimistic. jumped in. On okay, that. for okay, let's let clear the air here. Number one, I've pawned that off to someone else because I hate doing it. Uh, I wrote it this week because he couldn't. Um, number two, you've never asked to do it. I know I don't want to do it either. But oh, I was okay. just gonna say we should we should give our chance to be optimistic about something we're pessimistic about and use our words and our voices to say it. It's, it's another okay. form of delivery. I can do that. Since since well, we didn't admit what Brian, I was gonna say so. Like this is like the Tuesday morning optimist since this comes up on Tuesday. Yes, the, the yeah. Tuesday morning. Something that starts with the T. Well, go ahead, John. Share your positive vibe. With Optimistic us. about us? Christian McCaffrey as a running back, not a wide receiver. Stole mine. Okay, Ashley. Yeah, still your pessimistic. Don't worry. Um. All right, I'll take another. No, I won't take any more. Go ahead, do, do, go ahead no, no, and do no, no, yours. No, 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 I know no, no, what no. it's going to be. It's going to be no, mine too. So go ahead and take no, it. No, no, that's why I'm not going to say it. But no, it was nice to see him. Like, I don't know if he was just trying to do too much early in the season, but he looked a lot smoother carrying the ball and he looked like he knew what he was doing better he the right holes he was more authoritative with his cuts he wasn't dancing around he was just doing his patented uh jump cut and picking up extra yards so that was my big optimistic thing do you guys want to do your things you're optimistic about first or should i say my pessimistic i will go around with the optimism first so uh brad optimism what do you got well, I was going to say Christian McCaffrey running the ball. He's absolutely right. Uh, you know, it was nice to see. But I'm going to go with Devin Funches. Yeah, uh, that was the other one, too. Yeah, I mean, you know, we traded Kelvin Benjamin because we had two copies of Kelvin Benjamin, and I think they made the right decision. You know, Funches is younger. I think he's going to, in long term, end up being the better wide receiver than Kelvin Benjamin. And, you know, he he didn't score yesterday, but he had catches he had like 88 89 yards receiving so uh i was i was pleased with what i saw and i think that as much as i hated the trade at the time i think it might actually work out i want to ask gina a question about devin funches do you think the fact that we traded benjamin got the defense you're the falcons defense so confused that they just forgot to cover devin Funches because it seemed like he was uncovered like four out of his five catches you just never covered any point during the play well, i think that they just were terrible and i think that that's <laughs> part of the reason that they worked out four defensive backs today oh well that's seriously that's, 
Yeah. That's always a good sign. Oh, uh-huh, yeah. Things are great. Um, nope, nobody got I hurt, get, did they? Do I get to say what I'm... No, nobody got hurt. Do yeah, I get to say awesome. what I'm optimistic about? Of course. Yeah, you, you can talk about whatever you want, for whether it's Falcons, Panthers, optimism. Go ahead. Go for it. All right. Well, I'm optimistic that the Falcons will win at least two more games because they have the bundle twice. <laughs> there you go. Can't beat so that. That's, so that's something to look forward to, guys. And there then you go. can start talking about draft picks. Yeah. In January. Hey, for four hey months. absolutely. That's Can't it. wait. <laughs> Brian. Uh, uh, has left me with very little to work with here. Um, so I'm going to go with Bram Gano because we were all really pissed off about the fact that Harrison Butker got AFC Player of the Week or Special Teams Player of the Week or of month, I should say, last month. But Bram Gano has done pretty well. Despite, He's ten times more expensive. <clears throat> I know that. We can't, I can't say, I had no, I had nothing to do with the decision to let Harrison Butker be on the practice squad. All That's I'm not saying what I heard. That, yeah, word on the street was your, you played a pivotal role in that decision. Yeah, like, <laughs> you, you called Mari Herney and said, get rid of him now. I mean, Graham Gano has retweeted me once or twice, so I, I can't confirm nor deny that, but, um... Regardless, <laughs> um, he's been he's been pretty good for the Panthers. I mean, he's missed like one field goal and had a PAT blocked, I think. So yeah, he's done will, pretty good. I will give him credit. The one field goal he missed was because it was a 58-yard field goal as time expired at the end of the half against the Patriots, and we rushed the field goal unit out there. So, and then he shanked it to another world. But yeah, not really his fault. So like. Obviously, more expensive than Butker, but not—he's still performing along the same lines as Butker, so that's always good. Yeah, so far. Yeah. So we want to get into pessimist. How about you go? That, you go first with the pessimism. Pessimism, so you don't so you don't leave the cupboards bare for you this time. Uh, um, I wasn't ready. Um, I can go first because I've I've been waiting to, to share this all day, and I've <laughs> saved it for the podcast. Well, I will go with that. A little pessimistic about Daryl Worley because this guy, Kevin Kevon Seymour, that we just traded for with the Bills early in the season for essentially nothing because we ended up Kaylin Clay Black on the back on the roster. Um, so Seymour seems to be outperforming Worley, somebody we invested a third round pick on, and I'm starting Gentle to get the sense. I'm starting to get the sense that Seymour might take his job. Ron Rivera's. Uh, Justification was that Seymour is a better man-on-man cup corner, but I mean Bradbury is a decent man-on-man corner. So if you want to run more man coverage, which is something we know they want to do, why isn't Seymour on the field more than Worley? So I'm a little pessimistic on Worley right now because I feel like he's getting beat out by somebody for essentially nothing. Not a good sign. No. But anyway, John, you had something. I'll save it. I'll save it. I can save it for last, but. Brad or Gina, who's, who wants to share theirs? Um, I'm pessimistic about the fact that the Falcons may not be able to beat any other team but the Bucks. <laughs> yeah, the other six <laughs> games outside of the Bucks game. Uh, it just might end up being a six and ten season, which is not ideal. Yeah, you get that tenth pick in the draft and no shot at the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Super, super heavy pessimism today. Mm-hmm. Damn, <laughs> we were six and ten last year, right? Yeah. Okay. I was gonna say because we've we've gotten 
like Luke Keekley out of a six and ten season before, so that's that's not a bad. Well, thing. yeah, we've gotten Luke Keekley and Christian McCaffrey, so we've done pretty decent. Yeah. All right, bro. What are you pessim? What's your pessimism about? Well, let me ask: Is yours gonna sing that rhymes with Blonathan Dewart? No, I've already said more than I need to say on that. Okay. Well, then that's okay. <laughs> Go I for am it. Pes- I'm pissed about Jonathan Stewart, and I've seen this on. Cat Scratch Reader, I've seen it on Twitter, I've seen it on Facebook, and I am sick and tired of it. Stop defending Jonathan Stewart. The man's done, y'all. I mean, he's, he's, John is right. As much as I hate to say this, John called this at the beginning of the year. He said, he even said this last year that Jonathan Stewart was at the beginning of the end last year. And he said this year that Jonathan Stewart is done and he's right. Jonathan Stewart is washed up. We have not made any changes to the offensive line. Actually, we made it worse. We put Tyler Lawson in at center instead of Ryan Khalil. So we made it worse. Christian McCaffrey can gain yards. Cameron Artis Payne can gain yards. Fozzie Whitaker can gain yards. Cam Newton can gain yards. Jonathan Stewart cannot gain yards. Yes, he breaks five tackles. He gains two yards. It doesn't matter what the down and distance is. It doesn't matter where you line him up. It doesn't matter what play design you run. It doesn't matter how you hand him the ball. It doesn't matter how many blocks he gets. It doesn't matter how many tackles he breaks. It doesn't matter any of that. He negative two to two yards, somewhere in that range, like nine out of ten times he runs the ball. He's done. He's 30 years old. Ankles and feet are probably 73 years old. He He's being relied on too much. We're predictable. When we hand him the ball on first down, everybody in the entire world knows what's going to happen. It's Jonathan Stewart up the middle for negative two yards. And it's time to make change. I know that the team doesn't like to do that. I know they like to stick with their veterans. But you can't do it anymore. You've got to put Jonathan Stewart on the bench. You can bring him in in a game where the score is, you know, 28-3. to The other doesn't be winning or losing. You know, put him in when... (laughs) I didn't mean that. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I legitimately was not making Gina. I am sorry. Oh, but any- well, you know what? You should have been because that was a better joke than any of the Saints fans make. Yeah, I know. Well, it's not hard to do that. But Fair. anyway, um, amendment. It doesn't matter if it's 21 to nothing. Uh, it, it, you know, put him in the game. And that, that's when you put him in the game. When, when it's close or at the beginning, it's time to see what Cameron Artis Payne has. And it's time to see if Christian McCaffrey can truly be a lead back. We drafted him eighth. Let's see what the kids got. And, you know, I don't know his contract situation. I haven't looked at it lately, and that's my fault for being unprepared for for this. But, you know, it, it's time to, when it's financially feasible, it's time to cut bait with John Stewart and move on. You know, I appreciate all you've done. Double Trouble was awesome. You know, Stiff and Day Barber into retirement was great but you know it's it's over i say we keep him on the roster but just because of the person like minimum I, salary minimum salary because yeah. i just like i like having him on the sidelines because he always comes in with something hilarious when somebody else is mic'd up and things yeah. like that but yeah as a football player he's got one year left on his contract and 
Uh, we would save a little under $4 million by cutting him. Actually, he's got, this is two years on his contract after they restructured it. I'm looking at spot track right now. It just says 2018. All right, Gina. Mm-hmm. So last year, sorry. Yeah, one year left after this year, yeah. Yeah, all right, um, anyway. Yeah. Un- this is, this is, I've been meaning to, I wanted to ask him this. Unbiased point of view. John Stewart, how good is he as a running back right now? Right now? No. 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 I'm yeah. completely with Brad on this. Like, he's got to go. And it's hard set because he's he's been this is a, it's a Michael Turner situation. I still love that's Michael a perfect Turner. yeah that's comparison. a perfect yeah, yeah that is I perfect. Mean, it, Michael Turner is a guy who carried this franchise in the early years of Matt Ryan's career. Um, I mean, he meant he was you know arguably the best free agent signing maybe aside from Tony Gonzalez that this that this team has ever had. Um, but when he hit a wall, he hit a wall hard and. When that happens, you know, 30, there's no going back from that. You know, I mean, there's just not. So, no, I, it's not an easy thing. And I know, especially somebody who's so beloved by that fan, it's especially difficult. But, yeah, I mean, it's just in terms of what's in the best interest of the team, that's it. Yeah, because it, he's been getting, like, I would say the majority of people, at least on CSR, like to chalk up his – successes well as failures for this season up to the offensive lineup front and I've been great but I've always I've been saying all season he doesn't do me any favors because he just he can't he's just so slow out of his breaks and he's so slow to cut and accelerate mm-hmm. like I, there was a first play of the game there's a cutback lane it was very similar to a play that Devontae Freeman picked up 20 yards on and he took like four steps to change directions and he got tackled for a two-yard game and yeah. like that's it's just he's just doesn't have the burst to to pick up chunk plays like you need running backs to do yeah, um, yeah Gina, no. Gina can confirm this. We talked about this last week when we were on. Atlanta's run defense is horrid. Like, they're oh really, gosh. really, really bad at it. And Jonathan yeah. Stewart gained, what was it? 21 20, yards on 11 carries. 20, 21 yards on 11 carries. I mean, yeah. I could probably do that. And nine you know? of those well, yards I mean, were on one carry. Yeah, nine of those carry. were on one They fumbled y'all the end saw that. Y'all saw that you were able to actually get the run game going against Atlanta, except for Jonathan Stewart. <laughs> Well, like Cam's rush by, and usually it's it's uh, inflated by scrambles, but most of his carries, I think all but one of his carries was a designed run. And yeah, it looked like most of them were designed runs. Gobs yeah. of space to run through. Mm-hmm. You know why? Atlanta's not very good. I saw that. I was surprised how undisciplined uh, the defense was up front. That's really good for runs. it. And that's, that's something that's completely within their control to change. They're really undisciplined on both sides of the ball. It's very, very frustrating to watch. Yeah, because Cam was like, there were options and play actions, and they were just flying down the line trying to make plays in the backfield and not even looking at Cam. Yep. That sounds Which about is, right. It's just that they're playing like Joe Flacco or something. Oh. <laughs> it's what a what a game what a what a delightful game <laughs> all right you want to hear my pessimistic thing mm-hmm. all right you guys have seen my my thing i'm most pessimistic about coming out of the game is the gif of matt ryan making split. <laughs> because oh my gosh. I love because it. it's a funny gif i laugh very loud it's a gif i laugh i laugh very hard when i saw it on tv and, yeah, that, and brian it was oh, very funny God. and it's a very funny gif the reason I'm pessimistic is because I'm going to see that GIF every single day on CSR for the next three and a half years. Uh, you're giving it that short of a timeline? <laughs> Just like the Matt Ryan pooped his pants picture that we see um, about 
250 times a season, it's now going to be replied to every single time. With you Matt know Ryan what? You know, I'm lips. thinking this. That might actually be a long-term win for us because that GIF might replace that picture. <laughs> That's true. And Gene, do you know what picture we're talking about? Yeah. You think Saints fans don't send that one to me on the regular? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It gets I'm posted every time Matt Ryan's name gets mentioned in any thread. Like, people will say, like, obligatory, and I'll post a picture. Mm-hmm. And it's it's the same issue I have with the 20 to 3 jokes. It's like, you're not being funny if you just repeat the same joke over and over again every time the opportunity is there. It's the 28-3 jokes, and then there's some Photoshop picture of Matt Ryan in a bra. Yeah, <laughs> I, I know what you're talking the about. One, and I'm just like, That's yeah, Photoshopped? Never... I didn't know it was Photoshopped. Yeah, and I'm just like, yeah, I've, I've never seen that before. That's very original. Wow, you really got me. Oh, you really hurt my feelings now. I, know what they, I don't know what they think that they're going to accomplish with that, but no, I really don't care. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the that Matt Ryan fish lips jeff is gonna be the new uh hey guys look at matt ryan making a funny face every (laughs) single day oh funny it's still funny it's 2019 still funny actually what we're probably gonna see and you know if you're listening to this from cat scratch reader and you hate it i don't really give a shit um but what we're probably gonna see is Heard or her, your face when you blow a 28-3 lead in the Super Bowl, and then that's yes. Like, they're yeah, going to combine is, all of it into one. That's what, that is what's going to happen. And if and you actually, do, I hate you. I hope my, you know that, CSR. That's going to be my mentions on Twitter, yeah. too. So, yeah, can't, can't wait for that one either. What yeah. a delight. Whoever you are on CSR who does it, I hate you. I don't care who you are. I hate you. I hope you know that. I'm going to go to CSR and post that just, just for this. <laughs> I do have one other thing that I'm pessimistic about that I do want to share because I just realized that I need to kind of vent about it. I have talked so much shit about the Saints, and now I now I have them in mentions all the time, and I can't say anything back because they're right. The Falcons <laughs> suck, and the Saints are good. Like that's really the season. I talked so much shit this off season. I was so there. Much shit. I was yes, there you were there. You, yeah. were, you were actually there for pretty much all of it. And I, I talked a lot of shit myself. I so. can't send it back. And most of it's in writing or on the internet somewhere or, like, in podcast form. So it's verifiable. Like, I can't take it back. I can't pretend like I didn't say it. And I would I love just, it. Oh, uh, it's terrible. Internet, if, like, every tweet you ever tweet or every comment you ever leave on a website just gets erased, like, 365 days after you post it. Because every, every now and then, like, I'll come across, like, I'll, like, look up an old article on CSR for some reason, and I'll scroll into the comments, and I'll see something I said, and I'm like, eh, why'd I say that? That's, that's, it's a very, it's very incorrect of me to say that, and it's from, like, 2014, <laughs> and I'm, like, the only one that's ever gonna see it, but, like, in my head, it's just, I've, like, I've hurt my own feelings with my poor line of thought, my poor line of thinking. Wait, you know, how, is that, you. how is that any different from anything you've said over the last... <laughs> year <laughs> Gina, uh, because- i'm gonna make you feel better i can about the same okay sure the first half of the year you know they're six and two right well they've beaten cleveland the chargers the texans and us the panthers and the dolphins and then detroit so and green bay without aaron Rodgers. so they're not and and the bears and the Bucks, so they're well, not no, exactly—they're not beating 
really good teams. They're just lucky that they, you know, they've won a couple of games. Oh, God. That they got lucky that Aaron Rodgers didn't play. Don't start uh, talking about luck. <laughs> yeah, he's on, he's on injured reserve. About luck today. <laughs> but they still have to play Buffalo. They still have to play Washington. They still have to play the Rams. They have to play us again. They have to play you again. Uh, the that's twice. Are, they, we haven't played them yet. Yeah, so they, they play, play us twice. twice. They play mm-hmm. the Jets, who are surprisingly decent. And they play yeah, the, they are. You know, they're 6-2 and two right now, but they could l- realistically be, you know, 8-8, eight and 9-7 eight, and seven and not really be as good as they think they are. Or 7-9, and nine, wouldn't or that seven, be nine, great? That would be hilarious if they managed oh my to gosh. go 7-9. Now, and I will say this. I know that I just lamented the fact that I've talked so much shit, but if they finish 9, guess what? I'm talking so much shit. <laughs> right, get was, right back on the ball. That was, that was my and and I'll be like, I've been saying this for months. I've been this team would go seven and nine. <laughs> Just took so. a little little break in the middle there, but uh-huh. but we're back. Yep. There's something uh-huh. else I was gonna say. Oh, oh, this is just a little quick aside. Isn't it crazy? You guys seen the memes? Um, we're gonna do a little audio meme here where they'll show like a picture of like Panthers fans at six and three, and everybody's like dejected and upset. And right below will be like Jets fans at five and three, and they're all like celebrating and like they just won the Super Bowl. Yeah. Isn't it crazy how Houston, how much hype Sean Watson and Houston get? And they're three and four when Deshaun Watson tore his ACL. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it was just so interesting to me. Like they get talked up like a Super Bowl contender almost, and then like every, and then you'd see them like in the standings, and they're like out of the playoff picture by a significant margin. Mm-hmm. Just to like, be whoa. fair, they've lost like half of their defense. You know. Oh, I know. Yeah, and like the most of it, yeah. Yeah, I mean oh, they I'm lost not. they lost their best players on defense, and then they lose Deshaun. And I, uh, I hate Clemson. Well, I don't hate Clemson. I just strongly dislike them. And even I like Deshaun Watson. And you know, it, it's I feel bad for him. Kind of savage. Yeah, I God. feel bad for him too. But you know, they could actually not have Tom Savage. You know what? That's true. There's a <laughs> quarterback out there that probably could be pretty I'm, decent for him if I'm they would just with, bring him I'm in. Super Bowl experience. Yes. Uh, Yeah, he's kind of like Michael Vick. Yeah. I've got a guy with Super Bowl experience who actually is, you know, runs the offense similarly to Deshaun, so they wouldn't really have to shake too much up. Um, Dilbert? Yes. No, Matt Matt Hasselbeck. There we go. That's who I was thinking of. Obviously, yes. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Some is this. Yeah, never mind. I don't. I don't yeah. know if your readers. Yeah. I don't know if your readers get as mad online about that as ours do. We try to not even mention the name because we don't. I. I we have an embargo on stories about him because yeah. it's just too much to deal with. And as a moderator, mm-hmm. we've been collu- we've been colluding about that, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This and is I'm the sorry, third you podcast know, in a row where we've talked about collusion. Yeah, I'm sorry that, you know, the Texans feel like they can use Tom Savage, but he's exhibit A in that case. I mean, yeah, I agree. And then the I other agree. guy they signed as the backup is exhibit B. I don't even know his name. He was TJ, like TJ Yates. TJ Yates. Bates of hell. He was he was the he was the backup at Atlanta for a while. Nice guy. Nice yeah. guy. He, he actually beat the Bengals in a playoff game for the Texans a few years that's, back. That's him. That's right. Well, that's anybody him. could beat the Bengals, but. Fair point. <laughs> that is true. Mm-hmm. Once they make the playoffs, they're not a good NFL team every time. 
Correct. And see, that, that brings up a question I have, and I, I would like an outside perspective on it. How does Marvin Lewis still have a job? You know, I... I, think I mean, they've been mediocre. Like, I guess they celebrate mediocrity, but he can't win a playoff game, and they're not taking that next step, you know? I think that I think they objectively look at the fact that they're in the same division as the Steelers, and realistically, can they get another coach who can come in with the talent that they have and turn it into a team that can be competitive with the Steelers and make the playoffs in that division? Probably. I know that that's easy to find. And so I think it's that. I also think Marvin Lewis is genuinely a great guy and has a great relationship with the Browns, with the Brown family, um, and, like, the, the owners of the team. And so I think that that's a big part of the issue. Uh, primarily, you know that the Steelers are probably going to be in contention, not just for the division, but for Super Bowl contention most years with the talent that they have and with Tomlin. And I think that, you know, looking at the pool of available head coaches – Who's going to want to come to Cincinnati and have Andy Dalton? And who is going to come into Cincinnati and take a team that has Andy Dalton as its quarterback and make them competitive with a team like the Steelers on Andy's? At least Marvin Lewis typically keeps the team in contention for the division or a wild card spot. Like he's done that pretty consistently. So I think that I think that they just weigh those weigh those things. He's from the John Fox school of coaching where you're never gonna be worse you're are, it's very hard to be worse than like seven and nine. But mm-hmm. you're gonna always but you're not gonna be in ten either. I mean yeah, I know, they, I know so, they've been outside that a little bit, but you know, in general, you're not gonna be in like general dominant that's or the range. Right. No. I mean I think that I think that that's exactly exactly what it is. And if, you, if you're finishing 7-9, and nine, I think it's easy for ownership to look and say, well, you know, if they shore up these positions, there's no way that they're not competitive. And it just doesn't always work that way. Yeah, I think that those are the main reasons. Speaking of uh, people that have their jobs, what's, what's, our, what's, what's our take on uh, Mike Shula from Sunday's game? Good game, bad game, average game? What's our short review? Anybody? Well, I think Brian, yeah. he uh, threw, but he threw the kitchen sink at uh, Atlanta at times. But Jesus. Um, hey, Brian, just, just <clears throat> share your piece. The reverses to Shepard and Samuel were creative plays, and I think it was a concerted way to try and get more speed on the field, as they've been talking about. Um, I would have liked to have seen more deep shots, but. Clearly, the game plan worked in that in what they were trying to do. Troy Aikman um, would have also liked shots, as he said, between every single Panthers offensive play. Yep. <laughs> so it's tough because we don't have the proven deep threat yet, and that's still a problem. But they man they made it work enough, and I still don't like. Ron Rivera and Mike Shula taking their foot off the gas when they're up by two scores and like doing the run pass stuff because it just doesn't work clearly. They need to be more creative throughout the game. Um, that said, they got their speedier guys more involved, so I want to see more of that. Brad, what do you think? Are you there? Uh, I can barely hear you guys. I don't know if there's a problem with my system or it sounds like you guys are in a cave. You're in a cave? We are in a cave. Why are you in the cave? Are you supposed Surprise. to be reporting from a cave? 
Yeah, this is an on location <laughs> podcast recorded from the. <laughs> Well, Gina, did you? I know you're a Falcons fan. What did you think of the offense? How the offense was all from a uh, Falcons point of view? <laughs> they they look better. They look better than the damn Falcons. It sure <laughs> they sure did. That's, that's my that's my analysis. Um, good barometer too, I, right? Because Steve Sarkeesian's been lighting the world on fire with his. Uh, oh gosh, offense. I don't even want to talk about him. But I mean, you I should, thought though. I like I like the way that they used McCaffrey. Um, I thought that they did a good job of scheming to take advantage of Atlanta's weaknesses on that side of the ball, which are many. Um, I thought that they looked good. I thought that they looked better in this game than they have in other Panthers games that I've watched this year. I thought that it it was more consistent. Yeah, my thing that I – it's the same issue that always seems to come up is Mike Schultz seemed like he called a great game in the first half other than John Stewart's fumbles Busting out a statue, Liberty play, another reverse to Russell Shepard, all that fun stuff, and it just seems like we kind of have these plays. Where like, all right, we're gonna run this play, these this seven seven plays in the playbook that they're never gonna see coming, and we just use them all up in like the first 20, 25 minutes of the game, and then the second half is just our same old, same old, and everything just bogs down. Because I'm pretty sure didn't we score both of our touchdowns were in the last two minutes of the first half. And then we proceeded to kick both field goals in the second half, right? So it just kind of, yep. it's just the same issues that we always see. It's like the occasional flash of brilliance, which we've seen a couple times this year. And then once once you kind of get out of like the whole scripted plays, unpredictable plays, and it gets out of situational play calling and reacting, uh, it just, it, everything stops. Ball stops moving, scoreboard slows down, and here we are. I need to I need to go back and look because I remember last year, or no, in 2015, we had some obscene margin where even when we were winning all those games, we were out we were scoring like no points in the fourth quarter, and I'm pretty sure it's continued all the way up until where if if we don't score all of our points in the first three quarters, it's pretty much we're gonna lose. Yeah, they're not a they're not a, a four quarters team. It seems like. They either suck in the first two quarters and then find a way to fight back, or they do well in the first two to three quarters and then suck towards the end and allow the other team into it. So, I agree. Is that Brad? Yeah. Am I back? Yes, you're back. What do you think of Mike Schwill's play calling? Try not to say any of the same stuff I said. Okay, what was that now? What what did you think of Mike Schwill's game planning and play on Sunday? On but Sunday, just, yes, just Sunday, just Sunday, and don't don't say anything that I already said. Well, I don't I don't know what you said because I couldn't hear you. I don't know, I know. what happened. I know, um, but, but don't do it. Uh, it was predictable. It was boring. Um, <laughs> it was unadventurous. It was. Let's see if I can come up with any more words that mean them things. Um, uninspired, bland, bland, tasteless, gross. Uh, the plays he did that were actually pretty neat, like the Cam Newton bootleg was was nice. Um, I wonder where he but, got that idea from, because I, I yeah, never heard anybody I, I, thought about that. I know. Um, the thing that got me the most, we're up 20 to 17 was when it happened. I even said this on Twitter. Don't go 
run, 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 punt, or run, run, punt. And that's exactly what we freaking did. <laughs> and it's so predictable. It's I'm not a defensive coordinator. I'm I've never played a single down of football in my life. I didn't I didn't even play peewee football. I've never played football. And I know what he's gonna do. And it's like he doesn't realize that that professional coaches and other players and, and defensive coordinators and gamers see right through the bullshit he's trying to put on the field. And it, it just doesn't make any sense. Why do we keep doing the things that we do? Why do we keep handing it off to Jonathan Stewart on an outside pitch when he can't gain more than two yards? You know, I'd argue he can't gain more than zero yards. We can't even gain more than zero yards. It's just, you know, why? And it it really doesn't – it's almost he knows he can't get fired, and he just doesn't care. And he's just going to do whatever in the hell he wants because he knows Ron isn't going to fire him. And I don't know if what's more disturbing, the fact that, that he knows this or the fact that Ron won't just fire him. Um. My, what I yeah, and what I said is it's basically been the same thing we've always seen. Um, we have like a couple plays where you know they got designed during the week and we put them in during the game plan, game planning process over the week, and we have like a handful of plays and we use them all up in the first twenty to twenty five minutes. Of the game. We go the second half we can't score. Yeah, and it's in the same thing. Even when we're twenty in twenty fifteen, we won all our games. We scored like three points per fourth quarter because we just yeah. stopped. We just lost our ability to move the ball. Yeah. It's, it's like he has this, this book of, of plays and, you know, damn it. We're going to run this book hell or high water. It doesn't matter. doesn't matter what the situation is. It doesn't matter how they adjust to us. We're change, and you can't be that way. Yeah. Hey, you know who else does that? Steve Sarkeesian. <laughs> You guys it's have, really neat. It's, it, it, really it's neat. great. You know, we could have told you that before you hired him. Um, that was a baffling hire. It really was. And I know that Kyle Shanahan deserves a head coaching opportunity. I get it. You know, even if it is the 49ers, I, I get it. He takes the job. But you guys are having a Super Bowl hangover. It's not. You guys still have oh, a good roster, is. you know, and I know you know that, you know, you guys have. I do. I do. No, she yeah. didn't pray in a Ferrari for like a Ford Focus. And yeah. Went to and there's San nothing Francisco wrong with a they, Ford Focus, but. There's nothing wrong with a Ford Focus, but it's not a Ferrari. It's not a Ferrari. You're exactly right. Yeah. And so, you know, I get why he did it. And his dad co-chaired. He grew up there. Like there's that whole connection. I'm happy for Kyle. I mean, I really am happy for Kyle. I feel, Kyle could be really, um, I don't know how to say this nicely. Okay, well, when he was a candidate so many hitching jobs, some of our other SB Nation sites reached out to me, asked me for my thoughts on him. And what I said was that his biggest challenge in his first year was his emotional intelligence. So that, I'm just going to leave it at that. But I always got along with Kyle, and he really is the smartest offensive mind that I've ever been around. Like, he's he's brilliant. And so I knew that Sark would be a downgrade, but, like, he's a re-downgrade. And I remember when he got hired, it was the it was the Tuesday after the Super Bowl, and I was in the locker room, and it was a funeral in there. It was already terrible. And then some guy tweeted that Sark was the hire, 
And so everyone's like texting me and they're like, what the hell? Like, why would they do? I'm like, that can't be right. I've never heard of this guy. Like, I don't think that this is a credible report. And then Dan Quinn spoke to the media and he was like, yeah, by the way, <laughs> we were all like, what the hell, man? That doesn't make any sense. That guy so, got run out of college football because he had a personal mm-hmm. issue. And I'm pretty sure he was, wasn't that great when he was in coaching college football. Uh, no, he was good when he was coaching college football. Okay. And he was, you know, involved in Alabama's offense last year and then took That's over was, just yeah. for the yeah, just for the national championship game after Kiffin left. And then, you know, obviously that game did not go um Alabama's way, but you know, he I I actually really like him. and he's really forthcoming about his personal issues and like what he's doing to, you know, stay sober and stuff like that. I have a lot of respect for that. I mean, he is very honest about it, very honest about where he's come from. So I have a lot of respect for that. And I like him a lot. He's a really nice guy. He just is not, and maybe he just needs more experience, but he's never going to be Shanahan because that's just natural talent with Shanahan and a lifetime around the game. And so I just don't, you know, I just don't think that this is going to work out. (laughs) Well, with that, do you guys have anything else? Brian, do you have anything else you wanted to, us to talk about? Uh, I mean, I think we covered it. <clears throat> Brad, do you have anything to add? We can, we can ask one more question since we're talking about shitty offensive coordinators. Um, who, gets, <laughs> who gets fired first, Mike Shula or, or Sarkeesian? Shula. Um, yeah, probably just because they won't do anything to Sarkeesian because it's his first year. Yeah. He's going to get the pass to give it another go around. Yep, I think so. I think that you're right about that. Shula on my end as well. We can only hope, right? Um, <laughs> oh, man. There's a rumor out now that, that Gary Kubiak wants to get back into coaching, and he wants to be an offensive coordinator, and he would be perfect in Carolina. You know, just imagine a Gary Kubiak offense with Cam Newton and Christian McCaffrey. And... He he would turn Cameron Artis Payne into a superstar. I mean, I can hear it in your voice. I can hear the excitement in your voice, Brad. Just like the longing desire for Gary Kubiak as your offensive coordinator. I really, really, really want this to happen. And I don't even really like Gary that much. But, I mean, I can just, I can picture how much better this offense, we don't even have to read except. You know, we need a center because Ryan Khalil is made out of glass. And we need a left tackle because Matt Khalil is terrible. So, <laughs> I mean, um, yeah. Gary Kubiak turned Justin Force into like a 1,400-yard rusher or something like that. Like, yeah, yeah, he did. And yeah. Cameron Artis Payne is like damn near the same. Like, you throw Cameron Artis Payne in there with the scheming that Kubiak's going to throw at you, and he could be a really good player too. And we'll be like, oh, wow. I agree. Kubiak would be a great pick for this offense. We can dream. That's what Panthers fans do. We dream and have them crushed. So. <laughs> yep, that's exactly right. That's why I'm not really even going to bother with getting my hopes up, because I know it's not going to happen. <laughs> It'll end up in the team's tight end coach or something when Shula gets fired. But Tampa Bay will hire him, and they'll actually be good, and then we'll <laughs> all hate life. Yep. His second, his his redemption in Tampa Bay. Um, All right. Well, uh, I guess with that, let's uh, we'll call it a day. You guys are both done with yours. Uh, Gina, 
anything anything you want to plug anything coming up that's important tell us where fans can follow you uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Gina Thomas. I'm usually either talking shit about the Saints or posting pictures of my puppy. Um, all for the puppy pictures. Both very good things. It's at Gina Thomas, J E A N N A Thomas, because my parents are weird. Um, and you can find my work on SB Nations, uh, uh, NFL, like the NFL overall. I'm working on something about why Ben McAdoo should probably be fired because. Magnus, are the Giants terrible right now? Uh, How are you going to limit that to like 300 words? Because there's like a billion reasons why they should fire him. I think the draft that I turned in and finished up work was around 1,100 words. So that's probably, (laughs) yeah, I was like, sorry, man, there are just a lot of reasons. I was going to say the hardest Um, thing about about that piece is probably cutting down to a reasonable amount of things to talk about. Yeah, it's like literally everything is bad. I mean, I could have I could have done it in like 20 ways. Literally everything about this team is bad. And Honestly, not, all like, you have better. to do is show a video of him telling the media what he said to the team at halftime. That's, oh my that's gosh. it. I laughed so hard. I laughed what was it? so hard. He said, something did you say to the team at halftime? And he just got really quiet and then looked away and said, um. Oh, yeah, I heard about that. <laughs> and then took the next question. Like, that was it. Don't forget Ben McAdoo being like, I think it was, uh, <laughs> he said, someone asked him about the 50-yard touchdown, and he was like, which one? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I have that in the works, and I think I'm going to write something about Jimmy Garoppolo this week and how the 49ers may not want to play him behind this line because he will literally get murdered. Um, I mean, they just hit Beathard like eight million times yesterday. It's and really so. smart got hard, to not, Yeah, it's really smart to play him. Nice pun there, Brian. Um, <laughs> it's it, it's really it's really smart to not play Garoppolo. Let him learn the the playbook and go ahead and go one and fifteen with Beathard and get a number one pick and get him a left. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I mean, I think so. That's I what just I imagine do. the coach on the sideline. I imagine the coach I'm walking up to Garoppolo. They're like, "So, uh, you, you know the playbook yet?" And he's like, "No, I'm good. I don't know yeah. the playbook yet." <laughs> Jimmy, Jimmy, it's been 18 months. You have to know the playbook. Uh, coach, I need a couple more days. A couple more yeah, weeks, just, and they all have it. Just a few more days. Just a few more days. <laughs> I, so, I almost got it down. That's the other <laughs> thing that I'll that I'll be working on, and um, you know, there's always stuff going on in the NFL, and then. Uh, we're doing roster breakdowns, sort of a roster assessment midway through the season over the Falcoholics. So if you want to rev in our misery, you can come over there and check that out. <laughs> I just poured myself a glass of wine while I said that. That was not a coincidence. <laughs> Definitely not. Now, uh, keep up with Cat Scratch Reader for all your Panthers coverage, and hopefully we're not as miserable as the Falcons are going to be. Um, but, yeah. From Brad, John, myself, and uh, Gina, our wonderful guests. Thanks for joining. See you guys later. Later. See ya. Thanks, guys. (laughs) It's not his fault. They say if he doesn't have his pills, it's another way. He's sitting on the ground, waiting for the end, when all he truly needed was a real friend.
Hello, I'm Ashley Carmen. I'm Caitlin Tiffany. We're the hosts of Why'd You Push That Button, the Verge's show about all the choices technology forces us to make. We're back for season three, talking about questions like, why do you delete your tweets? And why do you type in lowercase letters that make you seem like a serial killer? And why are you on an exclusive dating app? You're not that special. We're releasing a new episode every Wednesday, and you can find this anywhere you typically find podcasts, which is Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts. So go ahead and subscribe and check us out.